As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that was uh, another really disappointing loss for the 49ers. I know they had come into this game against the Atlanta Falcons on a two-game winning streak, but I mean, this one, man, 28-14 to against the team that I think that they were more talented than. I think that Atlanta surprised them a little bit. And Matt, you know, the story of the game for me was that Atlanta was able to imprint the 49ers' own game plan onto the 49ers, right? They, they, they gave the 49ers a taste of their own medicine. We're talking about 40 rushes, 33 minutes of possession. They won the turnover battle. Uh, and I, I think when you lose by the same sword that you usually use to, to defeat other teams, it can be extra deflating. And that, that to me is what it felt like for the 49ers because they, they really saw that, that medicine of theirs applied against them. And they, they weren't tough enough to win this game. They had a lot of injuries, obviously that fed into it, but they did have their chances to overcome some of those injuries and they didn't capitalize on those either. No. Um, and after the game, Kyle Shanahan said he thought the pivotal play was that third and 13 where um, the 49ers had a free runner. I think it was Drake Greenlaw um, coming at Marcus Mariota and just couldn't get him to the ground. And Mariota ends up scrambling for the first down. They go uh, on to score a touchdown. That obviously was a, a big pivotal play. But to me, the, the big one was the, the Jeff Wilson fumble. I mean, it, it led to uh, a quick seven points for the Falcons. And to your point, it allowed them to kind of uh, do what they do best, which is just hammer away at teams uh, and not have to play from behind and took advantage of a, a weakened 49ers defensive line. Although, to be honest, I, I, th- I thought that that line held up pretty well all things considered. But um, it allowed the, the Falcons to play like they want to play, Dennis. But it also meant that the 49ers couldn't play their game, which is uh, you know basically the same thing. They wanted to be the one that was pounding the ball. They couldn't do it. They uh, sort of had to go piecemeal for most of the game. And then when there were big plays, boy, that was sort of the story of the game. They just met, missed those big play opportunities 
and uh, all of a sudden you've got a 28 to 14 loss. Yeah, you're right. It was. It felt like Atlanta kind of had uh, the 49ers game plan. But, you know, going into this football game, you know, the biggest challenge was going to be if you could stop Atlanta's run. And the 49ers weren't able to, to do it, you know, in, in this makeshift uh, defensive line, which they played well, but they were missing three starters. They're missing a lot of starters. Then they end up losing uh, Ward earlier in the football game. So, you know, Atlanta was able to pound the ball. That's what it, I mean. They, they got up front line of scrimmage. They got out physical. I mean, they were they these, these running backs were running hard. And the defensive line, to me, it just looked like they couldn't get off blocks. And they were catching running backs three yards past the line of scrimmage. And then the running backs were were falling forward. So, and then, you know, Mariota was, you know, he he's he, he's a mobile quarterback. He is. That's what he did at Oregon. You know, he didn't do it that much. He hasn't done it that much in NFL first couple of years with the Titans. But he is a mobile quarterback. Uh, and he was able to extend a lot of plays. You talk about that third and 17 or 18. Um, that was a big play. But, you know, the touchdown running around the corner, uh, you know, running around uh, Womack. I mean, he's a mobile quarterback. He's a big guy. He's got big, strong legs and he's and he's pretty fast. And again, the 49ers have issues with a mobile quarterback. But you're right. They just pounded. I mean, they pounded the 49ers. It was tough to watch. And when they got down 14 points, but then all of a sudden, with the help of special teams and a great return, you know, you you get 14 points back. But that was it. And I think that was early in the first half. And after that, it was nothing. And, you know, we I'm sure we're going to talk about that last drive that whatever it was, a nine minute or a 10 minute drive with no points on the board. Just, you know, the 49ers just aren't built, I think, to come back. I think they're built to hold on to a lead. And that's what you get with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think. I don't think he's a quarterback that's going to drive you down the football field um, and win, you know, and get, you know, quick 13, 14 points on the board. So the 49ers got beat up. You know, this is a game I think we all predicted. That's why I hate predictions. We all predicted that the 49ers, and they, you know, they should have won this football game, but the the Falcons came out and they played their brand of football and they just pounded the ball and held on to the ball. And the offense, you know, they had two series where they clicked and that was it. And again, missed opportunities, big plays down the football field. So it was tough to yeah. watch. I mean, and in this game, I mean, Garoppolo delivered the the deep ball that they needed, right? To Ray Ray McLeod, he dropped it. He delivered another deeper pass to Charlie Werner. He dropped it. Uh, delivered another deep ball to Brandon Ayuk, but Jake Brendel held. Uh, you know, it's it was just it's it reminded me a lot of Week Nine against Arizona last year, where the defense was shorthanded in that game. It was shorthanded in the secondary, and I guess it was here as well because Charvarius Ward uh, exited the game. But that game against Arizona in Week Nine last year, the the shorthanded defense wasn't enough, so the 49ers offense was going to have to score more, and they you know, had the opportunity to move the ball and move it pretty fast in, in that game against Arizona. But then there was like a George Kittle fumble. There was another turnover. And in this one, it was it was these drops. These drops just kept on afflicting the 49ers. But and one thing you talked about, Dennis, was the 49ers just getting pushed back on the defensive line. And it, I think it's a major problem right now, defensive tackle. They don't have Armstead. They don't have Kinlaw. They don't have DJ Jones anymore. He's with Denver, and you need at least one of those three guys to be a 
proficient run stopping team in the in the wide nine, especially when you face a team that shows up to run the football like Atlanta. Now, the good news for the 49ers is that there aren't a lot of teams like Atlanta in the NFL. One of the teams like Atlanta is the 49ers, and obviously they they, they don't play themselves. Uh, but other te- like Andy Reid is going to take note of the weakness. The four the three lowest graded 49ers by PFF that played at least 10 snaps in this game where there are three defensive tackles. Hassan Ridgeway, Akeem Spence, um, and Kevin Givens. They did not get a good game from either of their three defensive tackles. They got washed out all too often. You know, running at will makes it sound like Atlanta was just picking up eight yards a carry. I mean, it wasn't 49ers versus Packers NFC title game status, but Atlanta was able to run with impunity in this game. And and that meant that the 49ers could not earn the right to rush the passer. They, you know, just to illustrate this against the Rams a couple weeks ago, when they shut down the run game and they got after Matt Stafford, the 49ers had 36 pressures in this game against Atlanta. The 49ers had five and, you know, the simple way of analyzing that and everybody says, Oh, well, if they had Nick Bosa, it'd be different. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well maybe a little bit different, but the point is the 49ers didn't have the pass rushing opportunities to get up to above 20 against the Falcons because the Falcons only dropped back to pass 19 times in this game. So uh, it it's one of those situations where they just took the air out of the 49ers pass rush because the 49ers didn't have enough defensive tackle firepower to fire against them in the middle. And, and in this scheme, you need these long, explosive defensive tackles, which is why Kinlaw and Armstead, you know, are high draft picks. It, the, the scheme requires premium talent. You can't just plug and play anybody and expect it to work. And for that reason, Matt, you know, I really wonder what the 49ers are going to do about defensive tackle if, if Armstead and Kinlaw are both out for an extended period. Kinlaw is for sure. I asked Kyle Shanahan about Armstead. He said he would be very surprised if he played against the Chiefs. So what are the 49ers going to do if Andy Reid decides to start trying to gut them with his good offensive line and some talented backs right up the middle? Uh, you know, you, you can go out and try to sign outside help, and Dominic Sue is still a free agent, but, you know, that's not guaranteed to work. I think a more radical idea that might not be so radical is that we see Nick Bosa play a little bit on the inside during rundowns because the 49ers have a glut of defensive ends and edge rushers, but they really, last year they moved Eric Armstead inside to solve this issue. Is it Nick Bosa they have to move inside this season? Well, Nick Bosa's now down to, you know, around 260, maybe below 260 pounds. So I don't know if that's going to work. You know, he would be the smallest guy on the line and and he'd be uh, on the inside too. Uh, I, I think they keep him where he's where he's Nick Bosa. You know, I, I didn't think that the defensive tackles played all that poorly. Um, you know, it, it's a, a factor of 40 carries. Uh, they're, they're going to wear down by the end of the game. And, um, you know, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, it wasn't a robust game by any stretch. And, and the tackles that were made, uh, especially with, uh, with Fred Warner and some of the linebackers, uh, they were going backwards on those tackles. Um, but, um, you know, uh, like I said, that, that's 40 carries. I think there's a reason they didn't get a lot of pressures. <laughs> uh, Marcus Mariota only, um, attempted 14 throws. I mean, that, that, that's the kind of game it was that, that they got behind so quickly 
that uh, they couldn't really go to their strength. So I think it will be an issue. I think the bigger issue is going to be if Traverius Ward isn't there. And I, I, I know that uh, Kyle Shanahan left open the, the possibility that, that Ward could play. But, gee, uh, a groin strain uh, with your, your star cornerback, uh, uh, I, I don't know, that uh, they, they were obviously using caution with, with Nick Bosa this past week. I imagine they go the same way and, and, and hold Ward out of this game, although I'm sure he's champing at the bit to, to play against his, his former squad there. So um, I think that's the bigger one with, with Patrick Mahomes and that arsenal of wide receivers. Uh, I felt like, you know, when, when I was watching Samuel Womack on one side and Diamador Lenore on the other. It was, oh, wow, that, that's not very formidable at all. And they got picked on uh, on the few plays that uh, Marriott threw the ball. Uh, you know, Womack got picked on for the, uh, for the TD by Kyle Pitts. It was a sideline throw to Lenore. Um, I don't think that uh, those guys struck fear into the opponent's hearts, and that's, that's going to be doubly the case with, with Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs coming, that's uh, a tough, you know, uh, Dennis, they, they had seven would-be starters who were missing from that game. And, and by the way, an eighth one and a ninth one, Samson Ebucom and uh, Talanoa Hufanga were out for, you know, stretches of that game, too. So uh, eight out of 11 guys uh, at times weren't on the field. It's a really bad time for the 49ers to be getting the injury bug with the Chiefs coming to town. Yeah. And, you know, last week I thought, you know, Atlanta's uh, strong group was that offensive line. And it was going against, you know, that, you know, that that second tier defensive line. And they and and I, you know, I, I think I think they got bullied around. I mean, I know you're saying that they didn't play so bad. I think. They were stuck on blocks. I think they had running backs falling forward. That's why Mariota didn't have to throw the ball that much because the run game was clicking in. But now you come to this week, and I think one of the strengths, of course, is Patrick Mahomes and his, his and his ability to throw guys open and, and the receiving crew that he has. And now you meet the 49ers with, I don't know what's going what's to happen with, with Ward, but you know, you might have new corners, two new corners in there, two young corners that, you know, Womack is definitely not the cornerback we saw in the preseason. Uh, he's still learning that position. So, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be, you know, I'm sure Andy Reid is, is, you know, he's, he's love, loving watching film right now, game planning the 49ers. If you see these two young guys, I don't know if, uh, Verrett's going to be back, uh, for the Kansas City game, but, Whoever's out there on those corners, I mean, it's it's you know Sunday could get scary. It could get get real scary with Patrick Mahomes back then. Then you, then if you don't have the pass rush, you know, if if you don't have that push up the middle, and then you can establish that run game, uh, and then that kind of eliminates a lot of the pass rush because you're kind of sitting on your heels as a defensive defensive lineman. And like you said, Dave, it's you have to earn the right to rush the pass on third down. So, you know. Uh, I don't know what, what the 49ers are going to do. Um, I don't understand how all these guys get hurt. I mean, it seems like every play on both sides of the ball, every play, someone was coming up injured. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I it, you know, we, we cover the 49ers. It just feels like the 49ers get hurt a lot. And uh, I just, I just can't wrap my head around. It. I don't understand it. But, you know, this week is going to be a challenge. You know, uh, you know, Kansas City, we saw that. What happened to them? 
on Sunday night football, um, they're going to come in and, and, you know, they're going to be ready to go. And, you know, if you look at these, these corners, they're going to get picked on and that defensive front, they're going to, they're going to have to establish, they're going to try to establish the run. I mean, you'd be crazy not to. I mean, if you look at that Atlanta game, you would have to run the ball. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but that's what football is about, right? I mean, you get another week to look at your mistakes, correct them, hopefully correct them. And then you get an opportunity to play on the following Sunday or Monday. So that's what the NFL is about. And, and we're going to see, but it's going to be interesting kind of how they approach this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, dummies, I think so much of it is going to be reliant on how healthy the 49ers could be. And, you know, you could look at this glass half empty, glass half full. We'll see which uh, angle ends up being correct. But you just have to read in between the lines because Shanahan, hey, he, he might not know exactly how healthy some of these guys with the strains are going to be over the weekend. And two, he's not going to divulge more information than he needs to divulge. But in the case of Nick Bosa, for example... Uh, the glass half full way of looking at it would be, oh, the 49ers held Nick Bosa out because they're playing on artificial turf in Atlanta and they're saving him for the natural grass against Kansas City. And uh, Shanahan has said, you know, he was close to being able to play, but he had a chance, but he didn't. So that could be true. And if that's true, then Nick Bosa will be back and close to 100% next weekend. You can hope if you're a 49ers fan that the same logic applied to Charvarius Ward, that he might have tweaked his groin a little bit, and then they said, you know what? We're on turf here in Atlanta. Enough guys have already gotten hurt. Why don't we pull you out of the game and save you for Kansas City next week? Plausible. I don't know if that's actually what happened, but today Kyle Shanahan seemed hopeful that Charvarius Ward would be ready on Sunday. He also said it was a day-to-day injury on the other side of the ball for uh, Mike McGlinchey, a calf contusion. And, you know, that leads me to my next point. Obviously, the 49ers' defensive weaknesses when they're down seven starters are – uh, apparent 
obviously Kansas City will go after them if uh, those weaknesses are still there. Uh, the tackle situation, in my opinion, uh, won't get any better unless the 49ers, you know, may, you know, make some adjustments. And you know, Bosa might be too light. That's just something I'm I'm tossing out there. I did notice during training camp. He's on the 49ers practice squad. Alex Barrett, he's he's normally an edge rusher. He's really light. He's 250 to 260. They lined him up inside. I think that what Chris Kosarek tries to preach is that his defensive lineman can he wants them to be interchangeable for situations like this. That's why Kerry Hyder's a good example of a resourceful guy who, you know, might be built a little bit more like a defensive end, but he plays inside. Either way, that's all besides the point because the 49ers, I think we could generalize this and say that there will be some weaknesses due to injury against Kansas City that the Chiefs will try to exploit. It's just a question of how many weaknesses the 49ers have by the time the injury report comes out on Sunday morning. Given that, Matt, I will subscribe here to the same theory that I subscribed to before the Atlanta game. It's a theory that the 49ers failed to execute fully in the Atlanta game, but they're going to have to bring it on Sunday. And that is that a good offense is your best. It, the be, Sorry, <laughs> let me restart with that one. The best defense is a good offense. And I think that's going to be even more important this week than it was against Atlanta. And it was really important against Atlanta. You have to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. You have to score points with your own offense. And, you know, that's probably the ticket to winning this game is defense does enough to slow down the Chiefs. But the, the, the offense has to do way more than it did against the Falcons. Yeah, and I think that's what was so frustrating about the Falcons game for the 49ers is that, uh, you know, the, they, they were missing some pieces on offense for, for sure. Trent Williams, Mike McClinchy, those are two big pieces. Um, and, and it hurt them at times. But uh, they did have most of their other pieces, and they did have opportunities. And uh, I thought Debo Samuel had another fantastic game I mean he just he just stuns me he keeps impressing me how he's able to combine creativity and power when he has the ball in his hands and uh, he was really close to breaking a couple uh, you, you talked about the Ayuk uh, bomb that was brought back for, for a penalty I thought he had a nice game uh, they didn't really get Juwan Jennings involved uh, it looked like they were getting uh, George Kittle involved a little bit more he had to do some more blocking because of the the edge issues uh, we were just discussing but my point being is that they do have weapons. They do have firepower. And, uh, you know, we saw uh, a, a 49ers team back in 2019 go into New Orleans. And Cal um, uh, Shanahan seemed to know, again, it was uh, the back end of a, a two-game uh, uh, road swing uh, to the East Coast. And I think Shanahan knew that it was going to be a real firefight and that his defense would be a little bit fatigued. Uh, it was the end of the season, and he basically, uh, you know, got into a dogfight with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and came out the winner. And I, I don't see why the 49ers couldn't do the same thing, um, have a real sort of Patrick Mahomes-like barn burner, uh, sort of a, a, a rematch of the, of the Super Bowl where this time the 49ers come alive in the second half instead of shrink in the second half. I think it's, it's entirely possible. Certainly would be helped by Trent Williams being back. We, we see him in practice doing light jogging, hasn't done any real kind of uh, strenuous work on that high ankle sprain, but uh, Shanahan left open the possibility that, that uh, Williams would be back. That would, that would uh, go a long way, I think, toward bolstering the confidence of this offense, Dennis. And also maybe 
uh, allowing Kittle uh, maybe two or three more plays a game just to go out and catch a pass and do what he does best. Um, Kittle was talking about effort and energy at the end of uh, game. He, he said he thought it was lacking, that the, the 49ers have a standard uh, where everybody's out there hustling all the time, and he wasn't sure if he saw that all game. I'm not sure I saw any kind of lack of hustle, but I will say that the guys that seemed to be delivering the most were, were Debo Samuel and George Kittle just running over guys, and that would be sort of a, a nice uh, message to bring to the Chiefs early in Sunday's game. Yeah, and, you know, that's what leader that's what leaders do. Um, you know, I, I can't judge any hustle or, or effort watching on television, but certainly – you know, someone needs to needed to stand up, and you know, in th- that last drive, I mean, someone should have should have been, let's go, we got to score, you know, fourteen points. Why, you know, why are we huddling up? Why are we, you know, staying in the huddle so long? Why are we playing the clock down to the very? We got to put points on the board. I mean, I, I can't judge the hustle, but ur- urgency definitely was not there, and I, I guess that's the coaches. I just didn't feel like there was any sense of urgency when you're down fourteen points to a team that you should definitely be up 14 points. And, you know, the offense, I mean, the offense, we talk about the defense missing whatever it was, seven guys, but that offense, you know, you've still got your weapons. you got Jimmy Garoppolo. You said George Kittle. Uh, Debo, you know, Brandon Ayuk had a fantastic football game. Uh, you still got Jeff Wilson Jr. in there. And, and you still got your weapons on offense. And I said last week, you know, before the game that this is this might have been a week that the offense has to kind of carry the defense. And that's what it ended up being. And yes, the offense had opportunities, but, you know, guys got to catch the ball. You know, guys can't have holding penalties. So, you know, it's it's it, you know, this offense has got all all the all the horses, but, you know, no one's no one's pulling it. You know, it, it just felt it really felt like I was so frustrated in the fourth quarter when that long drive and then, you know, you overthrow Debo. To end that drive, I mean, it was just frustrating because it didn't feel like it was any sense of urgency as far as the coaches, the players, or anybody knowing you're down by you're down 14 points on the road. So you know, you you need you need you need people like George Kittle to be like, listen, the effort's not there because he's on the field. He knows the energy. He know he knows what's going on. But you need that right now. I mean, you especially need it this week. I mean, you got to give. You have to play your best football against the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you can't leave any points on the field. Uh, you can't lack any energy or effort, and you can't make mistakes if you want to beat this football team. I agree with that. the pace of that final drive. And Matt and I were sitting next to each other in Atlanta in the press box, and you know, we're, this is taking a long time. And you know, Shanahan, his explanation was, well, I knew that we were only going to get two possessions, so I didn't want that first one to be too quick. He, it was almost like he was coaching, afraid to let his defense back out there. He wanted his defense out there when there wasn't much time left, probably to, in hopes that after he scored one touchdown that uh, Atlanta would clam up a bit and then the 49ers would get the ball back with a minute or two left. But, you know, that, that to me, that's no way to – to, to coach you have to be more aggressive especially given the flow of the rest of the game your offense has been blowing so many opportunities you are putting all of your chips into the middle of the table unnecessarily when you're making that one drive so deliberate and you know there was only one kind of kill shot that they schemed up on that drive to Brandon Ayuk and Garoppolo threw the nice pass and completed it but the holding penalty called it back and, and that's the problem 
with putting all your chips into one play, one big play, is that one thing goes wrong, Jake Brendel holds somebody, and all of a sudden you're you're way back to where you started. They move you back ten yards, and it's going to take you four minutes to make up all that ground. So that you know the, the stats going around that Shanahan is zero and twenty seven when his team enters fourth quarter is trailing by four or more points and you need to add context to that stat because most of the time when the 49ers have been trailing entering the fourth quarter under Shanahan it it has been with uh, a backup quarterback right or a backup caliber quarterback not with Jimmy Garoppolo but they still haven't uh, caught up when when Garoppolo's there and you know we saw Garoppolo make the throws when they were when they were called for, but it was Shanahan really calling this really deliberate game, right? Over the course of that final drive. And it's like, hey, Kyle, it doesn't matter right now if you have a third string left tackle in there and a backup right tackle in there. You need to win a football game. And you can't, you know, just be coaching to avoid disaster the whole time because sometimes the disaster is the loss to an inferior team. Right. And and uh, I, I think that that the situation absolutely called for um, a more aggressive approach downfield. And I will add that Shanahan said that he didn't want to panic, but that's exactly what he did on the third and fourth down play calls. He panicked on third and fourth down. It was third and short and he ran a cute pitch play to the outside. We know if Shanahan was serious about being methodical, moving the ball downfield, he would have just run a quarterback sneak with a hundred percent success rate. Then on fourth and short, I understand it wasn't fourth and one. It was like fourth and one and a half. He just completely abandoned the running threat. He put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun and they ran a low percentage play. I'm sorry, but on fourth and short, if you're telling me that you're playing methodical football, Matt, you better be lined up under center because then the rushing threat is there. But the 49ers didn't do that. So I did not find Shanahan's explanation after the game convincing at all. Yeah, they're not quite there offensively, whether it's 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 confidence, it's play calling, it's uh, the blocking. It's Garoppolo, etc. You see it kind of uh, congealing, but they're they're certainly not there yet. And remember, it didn't it didn't happen until week eight or nine last year when it really started to click. So I don't know if that's uh, Shanahan feeling his way through. I think Garoppolo is getting closer and closer. I mean, he had a nice game. There 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 were a handful of, of passes uh, he probably should have hit. Uh, the the interception to to Debo. You know, not not the end of the half one, but uh, the one in the second half was a little high. I thought the uh, cornerback initially got there too too soon, and <laughs> they threw the flag, but they picked it up. I think that they, they should have trusted their gut on that one. Um, there was a, a rush throw to Jeff Wilson that was behind him on third down. And then that last throw, uh, basically the, the last chance the 49ers had to score, uh, I, I feel like uh, Garoppolo thought he was under more pressure than he was. And he tried to squeeze a pass into Debo Samuel. It wasn't a good pass, um, and he wasn't open. Uh, so, I mean, that's one where you just have to keep it alive until you get something good. That's the Patrick Mahomes way of doing things. And, and Garoppolo's done that uh, at points in his career. That's why I say that it just didn't feel like it was quite there. He's not quite in sync and rhythm. He doesn't quite have his confidence back. Uh, but, like I said, it, I, I think it's close. <laughs> And uh, you just have to hope, if you're the 49ers, that they, they keep winning a few here and there until it all starts to click. And when that happens, and, and we've seen it happen in, in two of the three previous seasons, uh, it, it, it can be pretty special. So um, that's, that, to me, is the key, is get to this bye week that's coming up at, at 500. Win one of these next two games. 
And uh, I, I know which one seems easier to win right now, and uh, uh, that might be the, the key one. But uh, once you get to the bye week, Dennis, then, you know, you start getting some guys back, I think. I think, um, you know, Eric Armstead would be back. Elijah Mitchell would be back. Uh, Mike McGlinchey would be back. Maybe even Javon Kinlaw. So all of a sudden, you've got more of a full slate if you can just squeeze out one of these uh, next two wins. Yeah, and you know it, it it's it's not going to be easy. You know, we, I mean, if I remember correctly, what, the Niners get the the Chiefs this week, and then you got the Rams. The Rams aren't the same Rams, but they're still the Rams, and they've got some they've got some some decent players on that team. And you know, the 49ers own the Rams, but still. The next two weeks, it's not going to be easy. I mean, if, if you're going to squeak out one of them, I mean, this would be the week to do it. And, you know, you play the same old Rams and you know, maybe you can get two wins in these two weeks. But, you know, with this defense, I mean, the Rams get beat every year by the 49ers by the defense. So the defense has got to get better. Uh, and this week, you know, you need your defense and your defense is is short, you know, maybe seven guys, seven starters. So it doesn't get any easier. And, you know, you have to Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense, you know, you have to figure it out. And, you know, I, I just watching this game against Atlanta, you know, that those 14 points were quick. Like I said, it was a little help from the special teams. The special teams is called special teams for a reason to flip the field like that. But they look like they were starting to click those 14 points. Those those two Brennan IU. I mean, it was nice. You use Debo as a as a kind of a decoy on one play, and you throw it to Brennan Ayuk, and you know he runs it in. So I, I thought, okay, here we go. You know, Jimmy's Jimmy's clicking now. But then that was it. That was that was really it for the football game. Uh, and then the rest were you know missed opportunities and and um, penalties. And you know that last drive was just you know Cal Shanahan said he thought he had two more possessions when he had no more possessions after that. So, you know, you got to click. If you're going to click and if you want to get to the bye week, I mean, it, it's going to be tough and you have to make a lot of changes. Uh, guys like George Kittle have to stand up and, and really, you know, he, he talks to the media about, you know, a standard of, of play. He's got to get that in the locker room and, you know, talk about the standard. This is a standard. This week they'll have, you know, that, that Harbaugh team, I think in 2012, I think they're coming back. And they were just dominating. They just dominated people that 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 football season. So you talk about standard. This is the week to show it. And, um, you know, but that offense has to at some point start clicking. I mean, you have to use these weapons. You got the weapons. You got some of the best best players in the NFL on that side of the football. You got to use them. So, you know, it's it's going to take a lot. But like I said, that's what the NFL is about. Right. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to, to to wrap it up. I think that that kind of summarizes where the 49ers are at right now. They have to find a way to make it work moving forward. And I mean, you mentioned rhythm. Kyle Shanahan. You know, the, the, this is my parting thought. Kyle Shanahan thought that the 49ers were really, really close to finding it when they tied the game at 14-14, and they had that third and thirteen. I think Dennis, you talked about it at the start of the show. And Kyle Shanahan considered that the most damaging play of the game. Uh, I thought D'Amico Ryan screwed that one up. And I thought Shanahan might have even kind of insinuated that when he at his postgame press conference. He said, I don't know what the hell happened. But all of a sudden, Marcus Mariota is running into free space. And uh, what happened is that Ryan's brought six men rushing. He brought two on a blitz. He brought Dante Johnson and Dre Greenlaw, left the middle of the field totally wide open. Even though, remember, Mariota had only completed 48% of his passes 
the prior two weeks. He wasn't an accurate passer against coverage, yet the 49ers just parted the Red Sea for him, right? And and he, he picked up the first down with his legs. And Shanahan was convinced that the 49ers, if they had gotten a stop, they were playing so well offensively, they were in such a rhythm that they could have gone up 28-14 because they could have scored before halftime and then gotten the ball first in the second half. Instead, they didn't score anything because the Falcons scored instead. And then obviously, um, the second half saw the, the drop from Ray Ray McLeod and the Falcons scored again. And they're the ones that took the 28-14 lead and ended up winning by that much. But I guess my main point is that the margin, or at least in Kyle Shanahan's head, uh, the, the margin is obviously very thin between looking inept and nothing clicking and and firing into full rhythm. And Shanahan believed that uh, allowing that third and 13 conversion is what stopped good stuff for the 49ers. And I don't, you know, we'll, we'll put that theory to the test moving forward because if this team is indeed close, then they will show it and they'll have to show it very soon with the Chiefs coming up. Matt, do you have any other thoughts? Well, only that luck always plays a huge role in it. I mean, I was re-watching the game and the, uh, the fumble that they returned into the end zone was actually fumbled into the end zone. And the guy basically tossed the ball uh, across the goal line, and it could have easily rolled out the side of the end zone, which would have given the 49ers the ball back. But somehow it spun, you know, how a football shape, and it, it can bounce in any uh, direction, and it somehow stayed inside the end zone for a recovery for a TD. But, th- I mean, my point is that that's that's sometimes is the difference between winning and losing is just, just which way the ball rolls and whether it stays in bounds or it doesn't. Yeah, no, that's, that's it's a great point. And the margins in the NFL are very, very narrow. All right, well, this has been kind of our wrap-up of the 49ers-Falcons game. We'll be back with you uh, later this week to preview 49ers and Chiefs. I know we did a little bit of both because this is kind of straddling uh, both areas of interest right now. But anyway, for Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, this is David Lombardi. We will talk to you all next time on Here's the Catch.